everyone. My name is Christopher. I use he, him, and Zizem pronouns. My name is Judah. I use they slash them. And Sorry, we've tried I'm this trying. three times, but it is many of our final episodes with Speak Out, which JQ and Emma are going to be taking over next year. So this episode's all going to be about our experiences at Outright, the queer news magazine, as well as being queer in college and kind of growing from little itty bitty 18 year olds to who we are presently. Um, so who do we have with us today? Hello, I'm JQ. I use any pronouns and I'm an itty bitty 18 year old. Itty bitty 18 year old number one. Hello. One of one. <laughs> <laughs> one of one. Yeah, it's just JQ. Um, my name's Kelly. I use she, her pronouns. My name's Lily and I use any pronouns. My name's Aureli. I use I use them pronouns. Wow, we really can never nail this part of the video. <laughs> no, one knows their names, no one knows their name. No one knows their pronouns. <laughs> no one knows their ages. We're all dying. It's great. Um, but yeah, we were kind of going to do this interview style, but it feels like a pack of wolves and then one itty bitty tiny eighteen year old. So, JQ prepared some questions. Yeah, but who but knows where this is going to go? I figured first, please go around and talk a bit about like when you joined Outright, and why you joined Outright. And give us some background so that when I ask future questions, it will make sense. That makes sense. Let's do it. Let's do it, babe. Um, hello, my name is Christopher. I joined Outright <laughs> when I was an itty-bitty 18-year-old. Um, I joined in fall of 2019, before the dark times, um, as an illustrator, and they didn't ask for any samples of my work, and I just kind of got it. It was a it was a beautiful time. They didn't ask for samples. They did not. That was an us thing that started that. Um, <laughs> and I was totally gonna have this within reach, but um, my first printed my my very first participation was in their uh, winter twenty twenty issue that never got distributed because we got it as soon as the pandemic hit. Um, but it was a visual piece where I combined people's actual faces and like alien freaky versions of their faces as like a, a testament to embracing queerness as like a, a, a like a, ex embracing the strangeness of queerness as a um, benefit rather than a detriment. And it was called Embracing Alienation. And now I'm the editor in chief for like two more weeks. <laughs> um, but yeah. Wait, fun fact, that actually was one of the first outright art pieces that I had ever seen because oh. it was like at a table mm -hmm. and it was like, and I turned to that page and I saw that alien faces one and I was like, this is really cool. And oh I was like, God. I should join this club. Oh, that's yeah. Like that. yeah. It was actually really funny. I'm that's like, cute. Oh. Okay, let's, let's jump to Lily then. So how did oh, you no. join outright? <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen for the trap. <laughs> you created a that trap. That was your own trap. It. it was my own trap. I walked into it. Uh, okay, I okay. So I saw the Outright magazine. I was like looking for like clubs to join, and I just saw like the Outright magazine at like a table, and they were like, "Yeah, this is like a cool LGBT magazine," and it was like gays in space or like queer space hmm. theme. We'll put it up I on the screen because yeah. it's yeah. in one of these six boxes that are stacked I, over here was, out of I, frame. Yes, um, <laughs> too and hard to was, get though. And I was like, uh, I really like that because I I like space and I like being queer so I was like oh slay when was that that was in the beginning of last fall so fall 2021 fall 2020 no. 2022 2021 that was a that was a good print were you were you accepted fall. this fall or the fall before 
No, it was. It was this fall. It was this fall. It was this fall. Was it really? Yeah, because yeah. Lily wasn't here last year. Oh no, my god! Yeah. Oh yeah, that's weird. I know. Okay, I was okay. like, I was like, <laughs> I've known mark? most people in outright for like six months, and I'm like, wait a second, I've known you forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, lol. Slay. Yes, it was fall 2022. Yeah, and super then, recent. Yeah, and then I just saw, and then I saw specifically Chris's artwork, and I was like, that's really cool. And then I also saw like. I think it was like Spock and Kirk and they were like looking at each other lovingly yeah. and I was like sold. <laughs> it's a game. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. That's such a good reason to reveal. So, it was so real. And I was like, yeah. And then I just joined and then everyone was really chill. And I was like, yay. Ooh. I know. And then they yay. said like, oh, we should do a podcast. Like, Eventually. It was like, it was it was like, like later, two months later. Two well, months later. And then I showed up and I was like, hello, people that I don't know that well. Hello, UCLA <laughs> radio office. This is so intimate in here with these people I don't know. Yes. What about you, Lorelli? We'll go in a circle. Um, I joined in winter 2022, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Probably. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to join in fall 2021, but the application was due after all the other club applications were due. And I had gotten rejected from, like, every single club that I applied no! to. So I was like, no, like, if I send in, a, if I send in an application, it was a long one, too. It like, is long. It needed, yeah, like, sorry about that. Samples and everything. So I was like, if I send in an application and they reject me, I'm going to be so sad. Like, I cannot do it. Oh. Um, and now I know that that didn't matter. <laughs> um, now we know that at that point in time, we accepted literally every single person who applied. But your application was good, I think. Thank you. I'm pretty sure I helped pick. Thank you. Um... Yeah, but then I joined in finally in winter 2022, and it was like... That's also so recent. Yeah. I thought you were one of the really old members. No, no, because oh. I'm a transfer. Um, it. The only old <laughs> members are me, Judah, Zoe, and Jackson. Essentially, everyone else joined after like the oh, pandemic. Everyone, real. everyone. well, not after the pandemic, but everyone when we came. <laughs> LOL. You and, you and Bella? Oh, Bella too. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so Basically the editorial team. Bella's the OGs. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was like a weird vibe, but it was like a real... Like, was, <laughs> <laughs> Glad vibes. to hear it because <laughs> someone was it the was editor in chief. It was a weird vibe. Somebody. But everybody was, seemed like they were trying really hard to be nice except for one person. So, yeah. If we say the names out loud, I can bleep them so that we know who we're talking about <laughs> and then they don't. So, that's good. Real. I'm so Today's confused. also shit talking 101 with people who you audience do not know, but <laughs> we definitely know. Oh, I have a question on here that just says, "Please talk about the dark times." Oh God. Oh, so get ready. <laughs> Your sleeves. <laughs> Sorry, am I tickling you? My yes. Sleeve? Oh, also, in case you haven't read our color issue, Judah and I are wearing the fits from our our little final farewell article. Oh, oh you uh, are. Yes. I didn't notice that. That's uh, I, they, that. Here's the thing. In that, I'm supposed to be wearing red pants, but it was monochrome, so you can't tell that they were red. So wait, I this blue is so pants. true. You are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So cute. It was my idea. I texted Judah. I drew them. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I'm down on the Fuck screen. Psh, I can't believe I didn't notice that. Yeah. JQ, when did you join Outright? Oh, I joined Outright like oh six months ago <laughs> this fall. More than six months ago. It's like yes. eight months ago. Yeah. I had joined September. Outright simultaneously one week ago and seven years ago. <laughs> Real. Um, <laughs> the reason I joined Outright, my sister went to UCLA. She actually worked in the LGBTQ center. Uh, shout out Olivia. You don't need to bleep her name out. Because she is your sister. Because yeah. she is my sister. Uh, and She's also, gay. She is gay. <laughs> 
Yeah, Sorry, like, maybe I should <laughs> reveal more details about your sister so we have to yeah, bleep out the name. Yeah, and She's a dentist. If you look at her name, it's like... She's if you married. look at her name, she still has her, like, LGBTQ center profile up, which oh. is very clearly is like, and I'm gay. Oh, yeah, that's true. So profiles, don't worry about they it. They never take them down. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was talking to her, because she went to UCLA, and I was like, I want to join, like, a newspaper or a magazine, but I don't know what to join. And I was, I was like, I'm split between Outright and the Daily Bruin. And she said, quote, IDK, I think Outright has a better reputation. So that's that true. wild because our reputation was interest. I wonder what it was when she was here. Because like they said, in the dark times, uh, which was like the year before this one from 2020, um, it was it was weird. It was a weird time. <laughs> Honestly, I think she might have just like disliked the Daily Bruin for some reason. That's well, here's the thing: will always be better than the Daily Bruin. Shout out to the Daily Bruin for featuring me a bunch of times, though. Other than that, you know, you guys are mean or whatever. Um, so that was why I joined, and it was a great decision. And literally the first quarter I was here, Chris was like, "Stop copy editing so many articles." <laughs> so I felt very supported in my workplace environment. <laughs> from other people it was crazy i was like well i guess you have to make a copy contribution log because there's so many fucking people doing edits on articles and always when i check it it's a spreadsheet so you can visualize it has everybody's names and it has all of the titles and it used to be article one two and three and then i had to add columns for four through ten because of you and then of other a few other copy editors who were like anyone gonna take this and then they wait five seconds, and they're like, okay, I'll take it. You can just say men. Yeah, just say men, LOL, our new managing editor. Um, but yeah, Judah, how about you? Oh, gosh. I joined Outright four years ago, just about. Um, I joined in fall of 2019, right before the pandemic became a pandemic. Um it's actually really interesting because I had seen I their stuff at, like, the Enormous Activities Fair. Like, there's a table there, and I was walking around with my friends, and I was, like... I went up to the table, and at the time, I think he was tabling. It was Jasper, who was a developmental editor when I first joined. I remember Jasper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, like, Jasper and, I think, Nick. But I might Shout be out wrong. To Nick. Nick, who was, like, who was, um... Who... I've told him to watch the podcast. <laughs> Nick, I'm talking to you. That's you. <laughs> Um, so I joined, I asked them about Outright, um, at the time I was still figuring out who I was in terms of, like, queer identity, and I was like, I really want to join this magazine, they told me to apply, and I did, and I surprisingly got in. Surprisingly. Um. One of the best writers in the org. Surprise. Oh, thank you. Surprise. Um. Surprise Pikachu face. Here, I'm going to put on the screen ev the title of every article Judah's ever written. I've, I've read a There's lot. There's not enough room. There's not enough room, but we'll see if we can fit them. Yeah, I, I, wrote, I wrote a lot in last year, um, and somewhat this year I tried to write, but obviously things happen, <laughs> and I haven't been able to write it at all this quarter. Um, but yeah, so I joined, I joined three years ago. I was here during the dark times. I witnessed the dark times personally. It was really rough. Um, I think I think it didn't help that it was it was during the pandemic and everything was shut down and everyone was like depressed and shit, which is fair. Mm -hmm. That's so real because the amount of stuff that happened during the pandemic was just wild and scary. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I did 
I, I wrote this in in the final in, in our final fellow the the article that I co-wrote with you for this last print. I wrote about how um, how this was a. I wrote almost about how like this was kind of like a home away from home. Like I really did find like a really. <laughs> I found like a really nice community here, and I was able to make a lot of great friends. You know, friends. Hard they, hands. This... Hard hands for real. <laughs> I always put my thumbs up. I'm like, it's like thumbs up. How do you? That's harder. That's hard. It's because yeah, so I'm well, double jointed, so my thumbs are uncomfortable in this position. So I got to. Um, back Sorry. to Judith's story. Sorry. Yeah, so I've been here for four years. I became a developmental editor editor this year because I finally gained the courage to apply for it. Um, last year, I I I was gonna apply for it my second year but I kind of was scared so I didn't because I didn't think that I had enough experience um yet to do that and we didn't publish anything anyway so you wouldn't yeah (laughs) so um I then I ended up applying last year and I became a development editor and now here I am and also like podcast podcast co-host slay which is nice nice thing to add to my resume good resume builder (laughs) yeah it's two lines on my resume it's crazy (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much the story of how I joined Outright. Nice. Kelly? Yes. Uh, So I also joined Outright in winter 2022. And I had just left a club that I was super... Like that told me about this like yesterday. I did tell Chris about getting fired from that club. (laughs) (laughs) If we want to shit talk and we can beep out names. We can beep out names. (laughs) What club was it? It's fucking Literally computer no science. Literally no one It's so funny. Computer it's like science the largest. Nerds. It's like on campus, I think. Oh, well, really? don't say that. Now they're going to... Oh. Beep gonna, it out. Beep gonna, it out. Or I'm going to bleep out you saying it is the on campus. Just bleep out this It is the way. Like Mad Libs. It just sounds like you're just cursing them out at that point. It's the fucking club on campus. It's like those out of context bleep videos. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so basically I had a ton of free time because um, I used to, you know, I was just like in a different club that took up all my time. And I really wanted to draw, so I joined both Outright and the Daily Bruin. And then uh, didn't actually want to do the Daily Bruin, so I just did Outright. Kelly's drawn most things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most things. Most well, merch is probably Kelly. Here, wait. Let's get the, the merch thing and then let's point which one Kelly has drawn. <laughs> okay, we have one, two, three, three four, four. There's more things that are on there too. But yeah. Also, this right above my head. I'm not sure if it's on camera. This was also Kelly. Also yeah, the, the little, the cute <laughs> little things. Also anyway, also oh, you did the you did the other one. Yes, <laughs> I've been keeping the the office up to date. Thank you. Yes. Anyway, Essential. so last year, um, outright was okay. But <laughs> I seriously, okay. lol. No, I mean what I mean is I didn't really know anyone, so mm. I would go to the general meetings and I knew Chris, but like I didn't really like talk to anyone. And it was kind of like, okay, I guess. And then we happened to have a communication class together. Oh, yeah, we became friends. Yeah. But it was like, this year, though, it's been really, really wonderful, like, actually getting to spend a lot of time with people in Outright and making all these friends and doing the podcast. Podcast. Doing D&D. So it's become... Oh, fuck, yeah. That's the best part yeah, about D&D. this year. I forgot about <laughs> D&D. So... Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's, it's, sorry, Laurelly. (laughs) But, so it's really turned into, like, my favorite thing at UCLA, so. Wow. So cute. And also, I joined, uh, after finding it at Cookies and Queers. Oh, So if you are a incoming Bruin watching this, go to Cookies and Queers. It's so based. Oh, one more thing. Mm -hmm. So, at Cookies and Queers in 2019, I saw Outright, and I was like, oh, that's really cool, but it's not like for me you know <laughs> like so basically I'm I, not gay I, I, so I knew about Outright since like 2019 mm-hmm. and I would even sometimes like still be in the CRC when the meeting started and I would just vibe in there mm-hmm. and I really wanted to join Outright but I just I never thought that I had the skills oh and then you didn't Kelly definitely to submit a sample of your work yeah. no Kelly did oh Kelly oh, didn't I to apply i made a no yeah I, you made a pork yeah. jesus christ yeah. yeah i did get interviewed by <laughs> he who must not be named and he was late and also not welcoming i don't think you guys awkward. did interviews right no there's two Leading they only game. give you a week to do you it. know who did interviews the daily bruin they do yeah. um, shout out to fear y'all for real i think martha martha it was martha it was martha he who must not be named I hope he doesn't watch the podcast. He does not watch the podcast. There is no way. Um, and uh, it was and Jasper. I think they were all mm-hmm. the, so. It was it was all three of them doing my interview. Hmm. Damn, yeah. that's a lot. That's intense. I think I only got. It, I actually re- I actually relaxed I a little after like I was like oh I, I didn't know how I like I, I like kind of dressed up because I didn't know how serious the interview was. Because I didn't know if this was, I didn't know like the caliber of outright at the time. Kind of just now like, we only interview if we're like. Here's the thing: we get like so many applicants now consistently that like we just pick the best ones yeah. and then not bother with everyone else. Yeah, um, that's the thing is when I so applied, it was still like low numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To 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 say when I joined, it was like I would say there was like twenty people, maybe twenty twenty five in the club. Over 2020 to 2021 school year, there was like 10, 15, two of which, one of them being Judah, would write stuff maybe sometimes. And then 2021, that quarter, there was like 10 left because the few people who were there graduated. Um, But yeah, that was... And now we have 50. So that was cool. We got a lot of folks. Now half of, half of them are going to be on the editorial yeah. team next year. <laughs> Before we move on, yeah, I just wanted to say that you brought up your like first graphic. Uh huh. Oh um, yeah. I I suddenly remembered what my first graphic was. It was the straight agenda. Yes, slay. And I have a funny story about that, which is I was scrolling through TikToks and I was jump scared by my own straight agenda graphic <laughs> that somebody <laughs> that stole. That someone stole for a TikTok. But you know and what? It was a really funny TikTok, to be honest. So I was like. Wow, okay. I'm famous now. Wow. That's pretty crazy. I think yeah. if you look up the straight agenda, you're it's the first it's the first hit yeah. on so, Google Images. No, that's impressive. Because literally, no one publishes anything called the straight agenda. Yeah, that was a good that's article so too. Shout out to Cole. It was um, a good article. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think my first my first piece was not get famous, but it was also like not a great piece. <laughs> Most so pieces are famous. All right. And then I did I did my I worked on. Uh, my first print, which is the same pr- print that Chris worked on as well. The space oh, print, the final, I think it's called the final Dude, front queer. I love the cover of that. that yeah. Um, and it's actually like, I actually like look back on it. It's actually like really amazing. I was able to mm-hmm. write my own article. Yeah. And I also co-wrote, I, I wrote two articles. Oh, there's there, Kirk and Spock. Which, 
Oh yeah, here's Kirk and Spock. That's literally <laughs> what made me join outright. That magazine, not that. <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you saw that image, you like, you need to be a that part of that. Show the cover of the magazine. Keep going, Judah Waller. Um, I yeah. wrote, I, I co, I co-wrote an article with my friend Ben at the time, who was in outright. Unfortunately, they left UCLA. Um, around my second year, so I haven't really seen them since. But they were, the, you know, the one they were. They were like one of my like closest friends now, right? For a while. Judas. That's one I think. Which one is that one? Is that the? Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. That one was so funny. The graphic was so good. The graphic's so good. Racism thoughts. My God. Um. Yeah, because we were thoughts. talking. We were talking about race <laughs> and how it I also feels. Did the back cover. How it can feel kind of isolating to be a queer person within, to be like a BIPOC queer p- person within um, like an all-white space. Um, but yeah, that was like one of, like those were my first couple of pieces that I was really proud of and it was featured in like a print, which was insane because at the time, like, I didn't think I would get in because I was so new, but they accepted my pitches and I was like, dope. Slay. Yeah. I love how this intro question took 30 minutes. Sorry. That's okay. No, it's, it's not your fault. <laughs> also not even 30 minutes, like 15. All right. Next thing. Hey, Jaqua. Anyway, interview question number two after, I, tell me about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> interview question number two. Um, I guess I want to talk about how Outright is simult- trying to occupy kind of two spaces simultaneously as like a queer community in itself and also a part of the broader queer community. Mm-hmm. So... I wanted to ask if you have thoughts about what the balance should be there or how Outright should try and expand both of those. That's what they made us write about on the Lavender grad form. <laughs> well, think... damn, I'm yeah. not graduating. I that que- yeah, that question is like, think... how did you foster queer community at UCLA and also... Hey, gays? Yes or no? Yes or I know. I, I wrote I this whole thing. thing. Yeah. Well, then tell me what you wrote for Lavender grad because <laughs> I haven't heard Pull it. Pull it up. Pull it up. <laughs> I, I think it's hard. To like, like it's hard because I think at some point outright, like outright cannot become too big. Otherwise, I think you kind of lose what makes outright outright. You know, mm-hmm. like especially like as 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 just an organization, like we're all pretty close because it's so small and we can each give like individual attention to like different members, right? Like, I think one of the most difficult things over the last couple of years was the fact that I think like last year we only had one dev editor for the writers and that was all it was really hard to get things published um just because it um just because you know like Ethan who was doing who was doing the dev editing at the time uh they were the only one doing it which was which sucked because that meant that that was all on them and not so much like there was no really um there wasn't really any like like it was really hard to like talk with them one-on-one without like considering the fact that they also had different people to talk to. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so I think like at the same, like, I don't know how much bigger this org can get. I'm sure if, if, if we had like enough people, it could become one of the biggest orgs in, you know, student media, but also like, I don't think it should strive for that. Um, I think, like, I kind of like what we have going on right now. Um, and I don't know. I guess, like, we are also trying to foster, like, like, we're also trying to, like, cement ourselves within, like, the broader queer community as well, which is also another difficult task just because it's it's kind of, like, post-pandemic, it's been kind of hard to, like, 
to find queer spaces that would be interested in this type of work. Um, Because, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot. It's like yeah. it's like a lot of like moving parts, and it's really hard to like talk about without having to talk about the fact that there's a lack of third spaces for queer people to just exist, and that means like things like cafes, bookstores, um, you know, zine zine places. There's a CRC, yeah. Um, like in like, but I'm saying like in Westwood, there's like nothing. Mm-hmm. You have to go all the way to like WeHo or something. Did you know there used to be a feminist bookstore? Yeah, in Westwood? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was mentioned in one of the old like older prints mm-hmm. that there used to be a feminist bookstore in Westwood, but it was it it closed unfortunately just because Westwood it is kind of expensive. Um, and I like fantasize about opening up like a queer bookstore here. That's the dream. Yeah. But it's just it's <laughs> that West- rent. <laughs> yeah, Maybe Westwood not in is Westwood. Just expensive, yeah. On top of UCLA. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's like it's tough because um like when when so so we did a really big recruitment push in fall of twenty twenty two and we got fifth we got sixty applications and like we are used to like accepting everyone and like true like kind of prioritizing it being like a big queer space rather than like a quality magazine but at that point it was like okay well if we have more than 50 people total like it's gonna go out of our control like especially if we're not scaling up like a little bit at a time then we're gonna like completely like burn to the ground essentially because there's just like no way we can have that sort of capacity and then we became like more picky about like the quality of the writers and if like even though we need graphics people, like, if this application that has, like, one sentence per answer that says, like, because I wanted to, in in response to, like, why did you apply, like... For real? Yeah. yeah. There was one that was pretty bad, yeah. There's been a um, lot... I think it's just because a lot of people use... Unfortunately, a lot of people, when they first start, you know, writing and stuff, they use, like, outright as a resume builder and not so much as a place to seek community and, mm-hmm. like, to seek creativity, I guess. Like, they yeah. use it specifically just as a resume builder. And you can always tell from those applications that that's the kind of person that's applying, somebody who's mostly using it as a resume builder. Especially if they're also applying to other magazines and they forget to find and replace the oh, name yeah. of yeah. the publication oh. and say Bruin Life. Um, which I'm sure you did, Lily. No. I did that at you did not da- do that. I did us. that for Daily Bruin. That's funny. And Bruin Life. That's I funny. I said I'm so honored to be applying to the Daily Bruin at my Bruin Life application, ah! <laughs> and they still accepted me. Yeah, we <laughs> we we were a little mean about that. Uh, I think because it's like, wow, this application is so thoughtful, and you definitely didn't write it with us in mind. Um. But yeah, I think it's important for us to be like kind of a beacon of queer community at UCLA. But like Judah mentioned, like it's not even necessarily like we got to keep this like exclusive, you know, amount of people because I feel like there's so many talented people at UCLA and there's so many talented queer people at UCLA. It's just like curating a space that is going to remain safe and remain that kind of haven because I feel like if we get too big, there's like problems with other news magazines that are too big where it's just like kind of a free-for-all of what the magazine even is and if it's like actually adhering to the values that it originally like set forward to do and I think also the more people the less involved everyone is yeah Yeah. I think that happened so that happened to another org here on campus Mm -hmm. I won't say their name because I think they do I think that org does really important work and I don't want anyone to think that I'm like you know disparaging that but there was an org on campus 
Um, and I remember being at Oregon originally had been like 12 people just about my first, my, my first year. It shot up to like 60 something last year and it was really hard. And I was part of leadership. It was really hard to keep track of everyone. And it got to a point where it was just also really hard to, to keep that space safe. Just because there's a lot, there's a large there's amount factors. of people. Yeah, yeah, and there's more factors. There's you know, less there's, accountability. Yeah, there's less accountability. It was just, it was really intense. And I ended up leaving leadership, the leadership team because of that. Because I, could, I couldn't handle um, all like, that pressure. Even here, like we mentioned a guy who he must be not be named. Um, there's like no, there's not really a check. Because like the mag, unlike Daily Bruin, which for anybody who doesn't know, is the student newspaper. They're like the big money maker for like UCLA journalism. Um, and they're run by actual employees. Like they have an editor in chief, but they have people that are like dedicated to like working for their newspaper and making sure that they can make money. Um, but for us, all of the news magazines are under the purview of the editor in chief and they're (coughs) in charge of literally everything. Like they have complete editorial control. If something happens, then like they're legally liable and stuff like that. But there's also like no protections really for like students who may be harmed in the club. Like there was a situation, I won't get into it, obviously, but, like, a situation that, like, made a particular person feel unsafe. And it's, like, if the leader of the organization is the only one who has the power to, like, report those things and then, the, the you know, that person in power is the one who perpetrates that against the students within it, then it's just, like, there's nothing we can do. Like, we, we only got protection, like, Title IX protection for our club last year when we... Really? when we, um, what's it called, registered as, like, an official UCLA club. Because right now we're, like, as a part of a department, like, sure, you could go to the department, but you need, like, it's a lot harder to, like, make those reports when you don't have, like, someone you can go to within the org. Like, we would go to our sole advisor, and then they would help us go to Title IX, but here it's, like, well, you go to the person who harmed you, and then um, obviously you can't do that. So it's, like, it's it's tough because I'm a little baby, and I don't want to t- be in charge of other people who have feelings. Um, it's like, it's hard. Like, even with rejecting people, right? Like, yeah. uh, in applications, it's like, who am I to say that you, like, aren't good enough to be in this club, right? Like, I just happen to be in it at this point in time, and you happen to be applying at this point in time. And, like, a previous person or the next person would have chosen you I when think... I wouldn't have. And that, like, it's guilty. I feel yeah, like... I think for applications, weird. I feel like me and Zoe were probably the harshest on applications. Yes. Compared to everyone else. <laughs> I was like, guys, maybe we can... Maybe um, we can fit one more, and you're like, please stop. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard, because you do have to kind of, like... You have to be kind of like that voice of like, all right, reasonably, how many people can we accept before the, because we only had like, I think it's, this year it was only me and Kristen as dev editors. Mm -hmm. How many people could we realistically accept as writers? To like get. To get. And also it doesn't consider the fact that some copy editors will become writers. Right. As always happens. Yeah. As always happens because cross, we're not strict about roles here. Yeah. But, um, you know copy editors will become writers eventually and that also adds to the list of writers that you have now that you have to now be like mm-hmm. watch over um you know yeah. anyways that was a long answer do you guys have any opinions about uh outrights i realized the mic the camera's gonna be on us for like 15 minutes yeah <laughs> um, any opinions about outright stance in the greater queer community or at ucla uh yeah, I mean, Outright was my first, like, queer, like, actual queer community. Mm-hmm. Um, 
before that, it was just like me doing like I did student government or stuff. But I hadn't ever gone into like an actual queer club because I always felt like I wasn't queer enough. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I was very intimidated by queer spaces. And like Outright was like the first queer space that I was like, like, let me like just kind of dip my toes into this. Like, let me see what's going on. And like, I was like, I'll do it as like, it was also my first art position like as like an illustrator I also applied for other magazines but I like wasn't as committed as you can tell I I copied and pasted my application for that one <laughs> I did not do that for outright <laughs> outright I actually really wanted to join and I was like my first queer club mm-hmm. yeah and so I feel like this is a really positive like I feel like having a queer space never takes away from another queer space. Mm -hmm. Like if you get into like a small queer club, then that doesn't bar you from like other queer spaces. It's just like a nice, like intimate addition. And then like that actually has like being here has actually helped me accept myself and like grow as a queer person so much. And now I feel more confident entering other queer spaces. Real. Yeah. So like that's awesome. Yeah. And I never been to like a pride or like I was scared of going to the LGBT CRC because I was afraid that like, oh my gosh, everyone's gonna know each other and be like gay. I don't know a single person. Literally it wasn't like that at all. But now I like go there and I'm like Oh, I feel so safe here because I'm like a queer person. Grab some but I noodle. Yeah, so get some <laughs> yeah. snacks. And I was like, <coughs> but I never would have had even the courage to do that if it wasn't for joining outright. And like, yeah. it's yeah, that's a great answer. I do feel like, like I I have gotten a little, I have gotten a lot more confident in like entering queer spaces as well. Like, I remember when I went to go see a play called Abortion Weekend. There was another. Um, a person there and they were asking me like hey like what, what like what are you doing here and i'm like well i'm <laughs> writing for how are you doing here <laughs> i was like because I, uh, I guess it was it was um the the playwright's friend oh yeah yeah so it was it was, that was a fair question to ask because like it was literally just us in the theater but um i was like oh yeah i'm a writer for outright you know i i'm uh we we write about uh the queer community and everything and like I remember just, like, in that moment, like, just being, like, so confident in saying that. I was, like, super, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm a queer writer. That's what I do. Um, so I agree. I agree that it did help. It did really help with, like, me being more confident in my queerness. We're applying for a pacemaker award. So, JQ, if you could announce in <laughs> October or November if we win that. I'm calling it right now. Will do. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, I know, though. It's a journalism award. <laughs> journalism award. Oh. Who knows? But Daily Bruin gets them all the time. So. Damn. So yeah, my like, high school newspaper used to so. Yeah, lol. We can... so <laughs> oh, my anyway. God. Only our, not my high school's newspaper, only our rival high school. They got so many awards. Mm-hmm. I was so mad. Anyway, moving on. Who's your on. rival? Yeah, let's go to some Monta Vista. No, Monta Vista. <laughs> Fuck those guys, bro. <laughs> Debate <laughs> tournaments. Anyways, Lorelli, any thoughts before we move on? Um, yeah, no, I feel like Outright's current size is really good. Like, obviously, no hate to expansion, but I remember going, I remember going to the color party in fall. I think it was fall, right? And there were so many people that it was really, really overwhelming and really disconnected. Like, we all had to kind of split into small groups. And a lot of those people I've never seen again. Really knew yeah. each other. Yeah. We had, we, we had 50. <laughs> that was, like, peak 50 then. And then we got seven more 
in winter, and now we have 45. Yeah. So, like, Ooh, people dropped. Yeah, yeah. people dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think that's a good thing, too, about, like, recruiting more people is that inevitably people are going to drop or they're going to stay in, but they're not really going to contribute all that much. Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely a benefit of having more people than, say, you know, 10. <laughs> yeah. 10 is a little too few. Yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't good. That was dark times. 10 was dark. <laughs> it was dark. Yeah. And it's funny trying not to, like, fit into, like... Because I think when we... One of the problems that a lot of the magazines face is, like, retention. Because all of the magazines are, like... Spe- they're called special interests, but they're all, like, related to marginalized communities. And, like, those students in college have a harder time with retention because of systemic oppression and shit. Um and, like, obviously it's going to be hard for, like, every person who gets accepted to also retain interest in this club and this community because they just don't have the bandwidth. So, like, it sucks not only having to reject people, but also knowing that you, like, might have made the wrong decision and, like, who is actually going to, like, hold out for the community or, like, leave to do other opportunities, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, it's a weird balance, for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Join outright. <laughs> I, I have something to say about this. Oh, yeah, Kelly. So... Sorry. Um, this is also relating to what might be another question about just queer community in general in college, but... Oh yeah, now we can put it in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, how do I want to phrase this? At, at UCLA, I've met a lot of queer people who mm. never engage with any, like, groups on campus, never go to the CRC, never purposely seek out queer spaces. Homophobic. And then... No, (laughs) but like, and then I'm one of them. You know, they say (laughs) I'm out. Actually, (laughs) and and then they say that you know, oh, like they're they're really lonely or like they don't feel a sense of queer community. Um, I mean, like, because I just you know, I'm thinking of a whole bunch of specific people who say they feel like they have no queer community. List them (laughs) by name. List them. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Bleep that out, please. I'm sorry. It's funnier when there's bleeps, too. Yeah. <laughs> All the bleeps are coming from me. In case you get to minute 40 in this episode and you're like, I need some tea. Here's the bleeps. We do need some tea. So Let's sign it. If we want to add more tea to this, this is from group therapy. Wait, we should, like, <laughs> choose which ones we bleep. So you that just, like, have to figure oh out. <laughs> anyway, never. Okay, let me move on to my story. So. Also, I keep staring at your case. It oh. is so cute, this little thing. Yeah, it's Our my... notebook. A little oh, iPad mini case. Chris, so, I'm so sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Let me finish I'm my really story. I'm really sorry. I keep getting distracted. <laughs> okay. Can okay, we just sit next no. to Kelly at graduation? And then I'm like, Kelly. We're Kelly, Kelly, have... Kelly, I have something to say. I can't wait to see Chris get stamped by Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Anyways. It's going to be a Daily Brewing article. <laughs> <laughs> Queer stabbed. <laughs> the final time they interviewed Chris on her deathbed. Literally. <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Lesbian rage. Okay. So, I don't even know what I'm going to say now. Uh, So, not finding queer community, feeling lonely. In college, you really have to purposely seek out queer spaces and actually, like, show up. Yeah. in, In order to, like, build a real community. And it's like, I know a lot of people that kind of assume it'll happen automatically, but it, I mean, it's kind of like that for all friend making, but I found that you really have to like actually go, even if you feel like you aren't queer enough, or even if you feel like everyone else will know each other, because I'm, I've kind of, weirdly enough, I've had kind of an easy time with 
queer community in college because the whole time I've been really dedicated to like basically going to every event the CRC throws and like actually going to the CRC even if it's like awkward and I don't know anyone and like joining a whole bunch of clubs for no reason. Why was I in Lavender Health Alliance? <laughs> They're I'm not a pre-med. I'm not a, calm. I'm not a pre-med. She wants to be an animator. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was in, but I was in queer community health for That's a while. how I met Olivia, I think. Yeah. And it's still Oh, Olivia. I'm like, who the yeah, fuck is that now? my sister. From Lavender Health Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> is your sister, like, young, I guess? No, my sister young? is 23. Oh, so she was she in was college. We, she was here when we were freshmen. I was like, how do you know? Do you know anyway, that? I'm Sorry. just saying, I, I don't even know where I was going with this. It's just... Be intentional. It's it's advice. You have to really, really be intentional and show up to things that you aren't sure you're going to like or that kind of thing. And also... And it pays off. Yeah. If, like, three people, including myself, didn't decide to revive outright in fall of 2021, it would not exist. Yeah. Like, it's... If, if you feel that, like, there's a community space that you really love and you just, like, feel it slipping away for whatever reason. Which happens easily. It happens very easily. Like, most of the queer clubs at UCLA closed. I know. There, um, it was a really was dark time sad. over the pandemic. There was a club I really, really loved in freshman year called Prism that mm, was, like, a queer yeah. Christian club. And those are basically my best friends in freshman year. And then over the pandemic, it dissolved, and we basically never met ever and, again. Yeah, and then you have to start from scratch. And then like, the club doesn't exist anymore, and there's nothing, you know? So you have to really, like, like you know, what Chris and the OG like team if, did. If the yeah. OG team. If you feel it slipping away, you gotta hold on to it, or it will, it will leave. Like, there's no... You know, people... I feel like it's kind of a metaphor for, like, what people say about, like, queer rights is, like, history will always write itself, like, write... Like W R I W no fuck R I T R I'm so used to spelling it out the other way. Yeah, yeah that's spelled W R I T E. Right, as in like correct itself, but like that's just like historically incorrect. That's the result and, like, of people's work. That's the result know? of people doing it because they want it to be that way. Like oppression will win a hundred percent of the time if we don't fight back because we are the minority. Like that's the whole point. Um, so like. I feel like in the same way that we need to, like, fight tooth and nail for our, like, to be respected and to have rights as queer people, we also need to fight within our community itself to keep that community going. Yeah, um, I agree. And that involves, like, creating positive spaces like this one and not letting it fall into the clutches of the wrong people. Um, because sometimes organizations like this or just queer spaces in general can fall to, like, one turf and then it's over and then, like, the legacy is over. You know what I mean? So it's like... yeah. Keeping keeping that legacy alive and always getting better for more and my more diverse queer people. Yep. I also um, think it's important now, especially amid like book bans, anti-trans laws, anti-sodomy laws, all of these laws that are coming back now. It's like we need community more than ever, and I feel like like the pandemic during the pandemic we like really lost that, and it's been really hard to kind of like build back after everything after everything has been said and done obviously the pandemic is still going on hasn't stopped controversial if you want a queer community that's gonna revive itself and care about the most marginalized require masks at your event yeah sorry yeah. but like you got like that was one of the things i'm like a disability advocate sorry not to derail um but no, uh, i agree with that. I'm, a, I'm a disability advocate and i think like one of the number one things about like the reason also the queer community like died in the pandemic too is like 
everybody's kind of in the mindset that disabled people were already in, which is like, nobody cares about me and I'm all by myself because there's no collective care. And it, we cannot call ourselves, we fantastic article, article about this in our color print that's gonna be, that's gonna be come out uh, for online at the end of August about how caring for the most marginalized, including disabled and immunocompromised people is the way that those queer spaces survive and don't fall into the pits of fascism and exclusion. Because if we start valuing certain lives and experiences over others and we don't literally protect the people who are being thrown away by society, you know, as white gays did to trans people in the 80s, as they're doing to trans people again right now, like keeping, you know, as many precautions as you can, I think is really important. That's a tangent, but um, it's an important intersectionality is really important. And like, I'm very glad that I'm being replaced by someone who's not white next year for the fucking the first time in like a long time. There's going to be a not white EIC of outright, which I think is the correct direction to go. and it's like, yeah, we need to keep pushing those spaces to be better and better and to include more and more types of people um, and to ensure that, like, the needs of the community are actually being met and not, like, an idealized version that we think queerness should be like, um, and which is an able-bodied, usually able-bodied cis white person. So, yep. anyways, sorry. <laughs> we have more questions? We Thanks definitely do, do yeah. yeah. <laughs> So speaking of legacy and inclusion, we've been doing a lot of archiving projects this year. I say a lot. Some. Some. Um, The drawers were organized. The drawers are now organized. (laughs) And all the newspapers are flat. Yes. Before they were folded, which is bad preservation practice. (laughs) So I just wanted to ask, um, what do you see as how Outright has developed over time? And where do you see it going in the future? (laughs) In a more radical direction. I'm into that. I believe... One day a he-him lesbian is gonna fucking own this organization and what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> I just, Cry. like, for me, like, I think that, like, so... It's outright, gonna be JQ. <laughs> outright There's a lot of pressure being put on JQ. <laughs> I gave JQ an award I, yesterday and I was like, I expect you to be the EIC in three years when I come back. I hope that's okay with you. Um, you do not I have think, to be. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I think the org started out from, like, a really radical, like, space. Like, we used to have the wall of prints before we got rid of it to archive them obviously and you could see where outright was going where i started from and where it was going and it really started from like from queer people needing to find their voice especially on uc on a campus such as ucla which is huge and still has a cesspool of queer phobia for some odd reason it's like weird it's really odd um is there yeah, yeah. I yeah. have not experienced this really. It's but also, I, mean, I, be- I believe people. it. First, but I'm per- just like a one of my roommates bit, like, at uh, orientation. What's it called? Used the oh, T-square I while that. I was in my room, and okay. I was like, "Actually, now that you say that, I did also have a friend who re- who moved out of their room because." On literal move-in day, their roommate asked how they felt about, quote, the transgenders. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no. Not the transgenders. Oh, Not oh, also, the transgenders. Also a member oh. of Outright, by the way. Oh, cool. Oh, I, thought you meant, I thought you meant the person. I was like, no. the person no. who, no. The person who no. moved no. out of the and room. And it was me. <laughs> no, we love Colson. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it was it was going it was starting from like a really radical place, and I think it needs to continue going that way. We need to put slurs like, back on our covers. No, seriously, that, that cover was Real. fucking cool. I'm gonna put it up. I always I always say this too. Like I, I wish we brought back 
old like old queer terms like I was looking up the other day like there's there's bisexual terms for like uh non-binary for like uh bisexuals who are like butch and femme and also bisexuals who don't like fall into that like Uh dichotomy like I think it's like stag doe Hmm, and like tomcat I fucking dig tomcat I'm just like oh my god I fucking love that um but I think, like, I think we should start bringing back old queer lingo. I'm sad it, it's gotten out of vogue. Um, Bring back fairy, but in a positive way. No, seriously. Like, I'm I'm being dead ass. Like, Can I tell I think, you guys? Oh, what? my God. I was coaching debate before all the kids graduated. And one of the girls who wasn't on the debate team called something. She's like, oh, my God, that guy's so fruity. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you know what that means? And she's like. Yeah, it means gay. <laughs> well, well, yes, yeah. but also no. Well, yeah, but did you know that's derogatory? And then she was like, no. Because TikTok taught people that to use fruity and fairy as, like, Which I don't euphemisms. Love. Yeah. I truly, is so funny. Like, fruity is fucking hilarious. I had to read about the lavender scare in my um, AP US history class, uh-huh. and the teacher did not prepare us at all, and I, like, literally started crying in the middle of class because no. I was so upset. It was, no. Oh my it's, god, guys. Reclaiming slurs is great, but also... Can we um, not say them in history class, please? <laughs> can you not use every one like, of them? I think there's nuances to obviously, like, reclaiming slurs. Like, of obviously, course. like, there are slurs that some people can't reclaim, and there are slurs that can be, and, like, also, like... I don't know. If there's, like, a nuanced conversation. You can have a whole podcast episode about... Let's have course. a slur discourse episode. Slur discourse That's episode. a great idea. Anyway, You're really going to make me the white person preside <laughs> no. over the yeah, slur discourse Yeah, that'll be perfect, actually. Podcast. Wonderful. Yes. I think, yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> anyways, back to the magazines, because I think we should get back on topic. I kind of forgot about... We need to get back on topic. No, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like... <laughs> I think there was... I think, you know, Outright just needs to head more. I think it used to be called 10%, which is a reference to how many people identified as queer in the United States way back then. It was about 10%. And now, obviously, the number has uh, shot up higher. It'd because be funny we changed We it should rename year. it to 14%. Seriously, that would be really funny. Um, <laughs> That'd be funny if we ticked it up each year. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's 100%. Like 100%. We're coming for you. <laughs> I just think that, like, I don't know. There's, there's no... There's no stopping queerness. I think it's going to exist regardless of how many laws they try to put out there to, like, stop it. Mm -hmm. Or, like, how many people, you know, they end up genociding um, because, you know, they hate our guts so bad. (laughs) We exist in their mind rent-free. Like, I just think that queer people are going to exist no matter what. And I think, like, Outright provides a really nice space, a really nice creative outlet for writers to actually, writers, artists, etc., to actually to actually talk about these things from a queer perspective. And, and like, the, the person reading it right. and publishing it is also a queer, queer person, person who yeah. gets it. Yeah. yeah. I, I do feel like more people in Outright should look at the archives. Yeah. Because, like... Every single time that I've gone through them, I felt, like, so inspired by everything that's in them, but also just kind of, like, a little disappointed, because I feel like as you move towards more, like, modern day, it gets really, really sanitized, Um, and I feel like we're kind of breaking out of that now, but definitely, like, there's a period of time where it's, like, 
are we really talking about anything, guys? You know, like, like it's fun. Like, we're writing fun stuff, but, like, I'm really glad that we're pushing more towards, like, writing about, like, news and, like, things that are happening in the community because definitely, like, historically, that was more what we were covering. Yeah. Yeah. We used to be a newspaper. <laughs> a newspaper. We used to be a real country. <laughs> we used to be a real newspaper that was, like, gay news Reject opposed to the... Embrace tradition. Embrace <laughs> tradition, yeah. But, Good. like, embrace uh, modernity, parentheses, old. Like, <laughs> oh, do, like from the sixties. Yeah. Okay, but I do agree things. with I do agree with Lorelli. Like, I do think there is a really sanitized version of queerness that people want to adhere to, and it's like I personally always felt that queerness is messy and contradictory, and that's fine. Like, you don't have to understand. Like, there's that like what is it that like Princess Bubblegum quote where it was like you don't have to understand it, but you have to respect it. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like think that like I wonder what she was referring to. I don't the remember, I don't know. I, I haven't wa- yeah, I haven't watched like I have, Princess Bubblegum. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying that this is that that's like what it, like I think that like a lot of people think that, you know, that queerness has to be a certain way for people to accept it. And that people like I've talked about this many times on the podcast, how like queerness has become kind of like this it's become almost like there's like always expectations there Mm -hmm. like depending on like who you are like there's expectations like for trans people there's expectations for you to pass there's expectations for you to fall to fall into the binary um for you know for cis gay um people it's always like you have to get married you have to have children whether you adopt or you use a surrogate you have to like like, I think that, like, I think it's honestly, like, it's honestly kind of sad, like, because I feel like the community started out of a place of people who did not belong for them to find a place to belong. And there's always, there's that, I always think about, like, old, the old, like, pride movement and always, like, how, like, pride was a riot. It wasn't this, like, parade of, like, corp. I think what we were talking about, like, Corporate, LA Pride. yeah. Yeah, we're talking the, about LA now Pride certain, Yeah, certain Pride celebrations only let you be in the parade if you're a corporation. corporation yeah, and it's just like, that's kind of nasty and gross. I'm not going to lie. Capitalism is so evil. I think we're naturally going, going go back. We're naturally going back to Pride is a Riot because of um, certain on? times yeah. in the world happening right yeah. now. But there's I just there's think... been a, a noted decrease in corporate yeah. Pride. It's like, it's, um, here's the thing. It sucked when it was happening, but now it's like scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't... Go back. Right? Yeah. 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 I want the rainbow logos. <laughs> <laughs> AT&T, um, I know you hate me, but please. But, yeah, I think that, like, I don't know. I I wish that people would just be a little bit more messier with their queerness or allow themselves to be messy with their queerness. And by that, I mean, like, allow themselves to just, like, to, to reject this kind of idea that they have to fall in line with what cis, you know, cishet people want for them. Like, I just think it's insane that, like, the community spends so much time talking about how they want to reject gender roles and they want to reject, you know, they want to reject cishet society, but then at the same time spends their time curating their, like, identity to be, like, a part of that society. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense. Time to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and to, like, bring it back to outright, I feel like a lot of people come in here and this is their first exposure to like having an actual queer community, which is why it's so important to like foster 
a real community, you know, because I know that when I came in here, like I, I had been out for years, but I never really engaged with like being queer all that much, you know, like I had a boyfriend and then I had like, I was friends with like straight dudes, which Uh-oh. it's own can of worms. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, being here and like actually being around queer people and writing about my own queerness and being forced to like confront that made me kind of like unpack it on my own and also like see it from the lens of the people around me um, and see what they were doing. Um, and I feel like that really helped me be more comfortable. And it also made me more like engaged with what was actually happening beyond like my own identities, you know, like what's happening in the world, what's happening politically. And I don't think that would have happened if I hadn't uh, joined outright, or at least it wouldn't have happened at this point in, my, in time. So I think it's important. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a comment, Lil? Uh, I feel like we were. Oh yeah, I was just I was really into it. I was, <laughs> but I was all our hype man. I guess like my only like thing is like uh, I guess like nothing like super eloquent or deep, but just like I feel like it's scary times lately, and I feel like conservatism and just in general homophobia has been on the rise lately. And just is getting worse and worse. So when I think of like the future of outright, I just think like it's really important for us to really hold on to the community and to really keep things going. Because a lot of people, uh, if there isn't a queer space, people will fall through the cracks and will give up on their identity and just go back to the closet. And so I like talking about news and politics. It's just, you know, it's crazy times like the the fall of rainbow logos. Like corporate, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like corporate is like you know corporate capitalist. When capitalism like, actually capitalizes, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. real. Can't, no, like, like corporate rainbows. It's starting to no longer be in fashion to be pro to be like pro like LGBT issues. Like before, it was like oh, like you know, kind of like oh, mm-hmm. everyone's gonna be rainbow, and now it's like now you don't really see it as much anymore. Because it's become difficult. Yeah, it's becoming difficult. And so I feel like we're in, like, a really important time right now, like, with our community. And just, like, every single small community counts because it could just be a little magazine at UCLA that's, like, where somebody really finds their connection and then uses that as a stepping stone to, like, join the bigger community and, like, really, like, dig into, like, themselves and, like, their queerness. Yeah, and we're not immune to that being in like Los Angeles because a lot of people think that we are you know like they're yeah. like oh it's a progressive place like that will never like, happen oh here my God. <laughs> but there have literally been protests at an elementary school um, oh yeah in like in Glendale um, like that school district there's people protesting against like just having pride being recognized uh, in June and they're like violent protests you know and that's happening like what 30 minutes from here and a lot of people think that we're safe from that but it's like no, we're not. <laughs> and like just the amount of like very radical conservatism that we're just surrounded by in California. Mm-hmm. Like we may be like more liberal in the cities. And even that's like you're not always safe with amongst liberal people. Like yeah. it's not like, you know, a guarantee. Like as we know, like we yeah. mentioned, like the liberal gays are <laughs> one to distance themselves as soon as possible. Like yeah. it's. I, I have a Twitter now. I shouldn't have gotten one, but I have one now. <laughs> my um, Twitter arc. <laughs> my Twitter arc. I just talk about The Walking Dead. Um, but Christopher has Twitter blue. <laughs> I don't. I'm beating those allegations right now. Um, but like, Twitter it's just <laughs> like I, I have these like favorite podcasters who like aren't 
queer or anything, but like they like make pride merch that donates money to like queer orgs and they'll like always openly call out like transphobic bullshit and stuff, which I really appreciate. Their slogan is be good people. And there's like so many homophobes in their comments <laughs> that are like, you know, I can't believe like upstanding white citizens like you would like fall into this, Not the white you know, citizens. fall into this like indoctrination. <laughs> and they're like, you're fucking stupid. And like, it's weird that I like feel so excited about like, straight people that I idolize not being assholes but like it's we're living in a time that like people are so open about being terrible and like they're open about it because it's becoming more and more safe for them to do that right. while it becomes yeah. less and less safe for us to exist so I feel like the I... importance the importance of spaces like this is to make homophobes and like those violent people uncomfortable so that they go back in their little holes and they don't fuck with us anymore. Um, which is hard. I mean, obviously we can't do that our, mm -hmm. by ourselves. We're like 50 people, 50 college students <laughs> on a random campus in the U.S. But like if we can be a corner of that, then that's that's enough, I think. What were you going to say, Kelly? Oh, I don't know how important this is. I was just, just going to say that I've also noticed that I feel like there's been, I've, I've perceived less, it being less of a thing that it's perceived as like, basic decency to like fully affirm you know like the queer community and I feel like it used to be a little bit more of a thing to be like yeah like I'm a normal person like of course you know, I support gay people. marriage yeah yeah <laughs> or like you know even like trans people a little while ago used to be a little bit more normal just for people to be like yeah obviously like I believe trans people but like now it's become less normal to be like just like a decent human being you know what I mean like it's kind yeah. of shocking yeah. We're all scared. So <laughs> yeah. sorry for the, you know. Um. Let's talk about the news, guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, on a lighter topic. Hey, did you see that? Pick uh, our top ten news stories. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's a win. Even that's a, a conservative. Here we go. That guy was nominated by Donald Trump, and he said the drag band is not legitimate, which is fucking cool. So Hashtag go Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> um, <laughs> 2024. <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter topic. <laughs> yeah, let's do a lighter topic. Let's do, I think we've done this for so long. I feel like we can have one nice ending <laughs> yeah. question. I was going to do, um, you know how you ended the your letter to the editor in the print by being like, and here's what my oversimplified revelation. Uh -huh. I feel I would like everyone to go around and have one cute, happy, oversimplified revelation. These are hard questions. They are revelations. Simple, easy. I'm sorry if you want it. I already know all the answers to the normal questions. <laughs> this is for the audience. How tall are you? Six foot why two. Would, why would that be a question? <laughs> you know, in case you want to, now, now if we have a now if we have like a one of those celebrity bio things when you Google it, it's gonna oh say God. six foot two next The fake to my info. Name. Yeah. Information. I'm actually fifty six. I'm actually six. You're fifty six. I'm fifty six. I'm seven foot two and I'm ten I'm pounds. Okay. I think I have like a serious response. Yeah, please. Yes. Do that. Please. Yes. yes. Um like for me, I guess my my light happy, you know revelation is that no one really cares like at least for me like sorry I, I know what you mean but I, hold on I, let me let me clarify and by this I mean that like I think that like for the, the one of the biggest things that really stopped me from writing in the first place was like my confidence 
like the fact that I was really scared of being like cringe and like I my, I look back on my first piece on my very first piece of Outright and I like cringe a little because it wasn't my best piece obviously I was like a new a new writer and I wanted to write about something really personal and I think I wrote about I wrote about trying on a dress and how like even though I was non-binary, I was having conflicting feelings about putting on that dress because I, I had, I was, like, really scared that, like, it would somehow negate me being non-binary, which is obviously is not true. Like, that, that it was feels just, true when you're, But it yeah. feel, it, it felt true at the time. Um, but all that to say that, like, I think that, like, I was really scared at that moment of that piece not being amazing, and so, like, I, like, I don't know. I felt like I didn't have a lot of confidence at the very beginning in my writing. And then as I kind of, like, grew into the org, I kind of realized that, like, I'm going to write what I write because I want to write it. And not because I not because I know that other people are going to read it, but because I know that this is something that I would read. This is something that I would write and this is something that I want to write and want like to cover. Like, make art for yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Making art for yourself. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, I think you only live once. YOLO, Yo. I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that, like... We need a sound and on yeah. that note. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think you only live once. And so I think that, like, you should take this time to actually find your creative spirit and actually, like... You know, and by and also too, like also figure out your identity. And if it doesn't, if like those labels don't work out for you, it's fine because you know what, you can change them. There's no law stopping you yet. Oh God. <laughs> yet. Oh God. But for now, there's no. There's no. But even if a law stopped you, yeah, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, literally, what? Yeah. what is literally anyone gonna do? Um, what is what? a law? <laughs> yeah, that is that is my my. Revelation. Revelation. Yolo. I don't think we have enough time for um, sex of these. I can do a short revelation. <laughs> a short revelation. Um, my short revelation is that you find friends in the most unexpected places. So just oh, try yeah. new things. You know, That's I feel like really I've cute. really become better friends with you guys for the podcast. And Aww. I wasn't planning on joining the podcast. <laughs> I was sitting in here doing homework, and Lily's like, "Well, I'm going to the podcast." You're so like, okay. I was like, "Okay, I'll go with you." And here we are. So. What about you two? What's your oversimplified revelation? Um, I think mine is that it is really a really good thing to do for yourself to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to approach people with love and do the things that you... It's okay. I'm trying to print because I want to turn so real. <laughs> Speaking right to our Sorry. Continue, Lorelei. Yes. Or um, something. I'll continue. <laughs> to um, approach people with love, whether that's just like something as like simple as like complimenting them or just being like, hey, I really like that thing that you wrote, whatever. Um, and to accept that from other people because it feels really good. Yay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no, there's too many revelations. <laughs> I feel like I really grew as a person in this organization. I think like one of them is just like, uh, oh my gosh, oh, I'll go last. <laughs> <laughs> Need to think. Do you need a tissue box? Head empty. No, no, head empty. No, I have it prepared. Prepared. <laughs> I know. I guess like realizing that there's no like specific way to be 
queer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was a big revelation to me that you can be, like, like as Judah mentioned, like, you can be non-binary and then, like, wear a dress. And I was like, that's wild to me because... <laughs> Look at you being I, non-binary and wearing a dress right now. That's literally, crazy. Hell yeah. I remember, like, looking up, like, non-binary and then that you could have multiple pronouns. And I was like... Oop. <laughs> I was literally mind blown. Like I thought non-binary was just they them. Like I knew nothing about the queer community. And just like and then also just like growing up and realizing like, you know, before like when I would join a club, it would be like something like really small like like would be like, ah, "I'm not going to show up anymore." And just like realizing like stuff like like little things like I think the first time I joined like a queer thing, they were, like, talking about, like, Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian. And I was like, I don't care about these <laughs> celebrities. And I was like, I was like, I, I really could not care about They gave them. you the ick. They gave me the ick, and then I stopped going. <laughs> right but I was like, you don't have to be friends with people just because they're also gay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah suck, bro. <laughs> but, like, I feel like I should have stuck it out in, like, queer community. Like, after that, I, like, kind of, like, didn't, like, wasn't active and stuff because I was like, oh, I didn't vibe. But I'm like... I should have just kept going just so I could, like, meet more queer people and, yeah. like, meet more people after that. And so, like, instead of just, like, giving up really quick. Like, I think I, like, just as a person, like, maybe, like, like, it's so hard to, like, I remember, like, Kelly was talking about putting yourself out there. And, like, basically, or that's how I interpret it. Like, you have to put yourself out there and, like, you do. join. And, like, you have to pull up. Like, you have to go to the By the way, let me just things. say for our viewers, Lily is the king of pulling up to any event. I literally will <laughs> go to any. I, and I, I didn't used to be like that. I was, like, the person that was, like, never showed up to anything and was just kind of lurking. And, like, this organization helped me grow, grow as a person and realize, like, you should really put yourself out there and, like do things and like join things because you actually get more out of it that way so i was like yeah (laughs) do you have a simplified revelation from your first year and then i'll i'll wrap us up well it's not specifically from my first year but i am going to give you the aphorism that i actually think about a lot um (laughs) thank you word We're replacing SAT and 50 cent word with JQ word. I wish wish we were here a little bit longer because then we could do a JQ word counter. (laughs) Anyway, there's a Kurt Vonnegut bit, and I realize I'm not helping my case in being on brand. No, go off. Um, No, please do. He has this bit about how sometimes you have to just sort of look around and be like, if this isn't nice, I I don't know what is. I say that all the time. And I feel like I've had the opportunity yeah. to do that so many times at Outright. Aww. And it makes me really happy to think yeah. about how many more times I'll get to go. If this Aww. isn't nice, I don't know what is. Aww. Yeah, because you have to, like, really mark out the happy moments. Because yeah. you don't really, you know, you have to notice them when they're happening. That's very sweet. That was better than what I was going to say. <laughs> I will read you an expert excerpt. My favorite two lines from my letter from the editor from the <laughs> conference, which we're going to be narrating anyway, so you'll hear it again. But... <laughs> My favorite two long uh, two lines um, that I wrote personally, um, <laughs> I did a good job. Uh, is so my oversimplified revelation is queerness does not lessen our humanity; it expands it. Uh, we are supernovas. I think that's a beautiful a thing that I really believe. Yeah, um, and that I've learned at outright. Um, and I'm sad to let this baby go, but I have to yeah. to allow it to grow. It's like you know having your kid 
leave the house for the first time. But hey, we're like, Chris, think about it this way. Maybe eventually we'll all, all come together and create a queer indie network. Oh my oh, god! Yes! <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry, I was, for... just, I was just spinning the, spinning the idea out there. Oh yeah, us! And then, illustrated by Kelly, and then Judah, Judah and I dressed as we are now. Yeah. Um, but... Lorelli Slay. Oh, yeah. Lorelli is <laughs> hot as fuck. Don't terrorize me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this episode's going to be like an hour and a half. I apologize. Uh, but thank you for hearing our revelations. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you, 45 subscribers. We love you all very much. Um, I hope you guys like JQ because they're taking over. Um, yep. You should. They're great. You can follow Outright on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Outright News Mag. You can also read our online articles and many of our print articles on our website at outrightnewsmag.org. That's right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. For the last time, I have been Christopher. And I've been Judah. I've been Kelly. I have been JQ. I've been Lily. I've been Lorelli. This has been Speak Out. And I will see you next time. Oh, oh yeah.